0: Welcome to Chatting with Channing, the podcast for Channing School that lets you, the listener, find out more by hearing from people throughout the school community. Each episode, you'll hear real stories from staff, from pupils, from parents, and the school's alumni to give you a true reflection of life on Highgate Hill. So let's get into this episode right now of Chatting with Channing. Well, we're going to be chatting about the future today. We're not going to be gazing into a crystal ball, I hope, but we are talking about what students do after Channing School. And I'm joined by Jennifer Kung, who is the Director of Partnerships and Higher Education. Hello, Jennifer. Hello. It's lovely to talk to you. I'm going to confess immediately here that I made a pig's ear of my choices (laughs) All those years ago, I would like you to just start. Can you just help me? How, how do you advise young people now what to do when they're looking at higher education, further education, whatever they might be looking at? I think
1: it's really important for them to understand that there's no right decision that there are several plans that they can take on and I I normally say to them you might have a plan A but it's really important to have a B, C, D and E. That flexibility is really important for the students because I think that it gives them some encouragement and some confidence to know that it's not about sitting there and making sure that they have absolutely the five universities that they want to go to to put onto a UK form and that they absolutely know which subject or degree that they want to follow. And I I think once you let students realise it's okay to still be thinking about things and that there's still time, I think that that relaxes them and that they can enjoy the process more. And I think it's particularly important for parents to understand that actually that thinking time is really quite key. So it's okay if a student's a little unsure about the degree subject, if they're planning to go to university, or actually that they do want to do a gap year but not really sure what they would like to do. It can be daunting because it's quite overwhelming thinking about the choices available, which is really exciting. I certainly didn't have as many choices available when I was thinking about higher education. And sometimes it can it can be the, the case of well, what should I do? And should I just follow what my parents did? Should I just go to the university that they they went to? Or what are my friends doing? Where are they going? And I think that, that that can be that talk, that chat, you know, and what information is available on social media can be quite overwhelming for a student. Yeah. So our job is to make sure that we hold their hand at the appropriate time and to say to them, well, you know, we're on a journey, we're on a journey together. And it's about looking at what's out there in the first place. But then, yes, there's a narrowing down process that happened, but there's still time to work out those decisions. So that's probably the first thing that I would say to students. And, and certainly that's what I'll be saying on our uh, UCAS presentation evening which is when we're really asking students to say, well, you know, there's, there's time, you might want to start the process now and thinking about it. You, no one's asking you to make an application right now. It's just that here are the tools available. So why don't you have a look around and see what's available? And that certainly goes beyond just the subjects that they're studying at school. They're just their A-levels. Mm-hmm. So that would be really the first thing. And and always there's students who absolutely know what they're doing. But most of them will say, well, I'm really not sure. That's fine. In fact, that's far more exciting when
0: that's that's the case. (laughs) Well, you've made me feel calmer already. That's fantastic. Good. So I assume that the the Channing School does have a programme in place for helping people to get into higher education. How does that work?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. First of all, it's certainly having those discussions one-to-one with students to work out what they're thinking about. It's very personalised in that sense that we would like to know, you know, rather than going with, you know, a group mentality, it's about the specific needs of the student and seeing, well, is an area of a particular interest? Is it vocational, not vocational? Um, Is it just that, you know... uh, you want to do something. The student wants to do something just for the sheer joy of learning. So it's really having those discussions in the in the first place and uh, utilising the expertise of the sixth form team as well as teachers here to give them a guiding hand in the first place. And of course, you know, get them familiar with the UCAS website, but also other websites which may provide uh, information that is not just given by the universities so it's about the student voice to see what students are thinking about their particular degrees but it isn't just about universities, I I think Channing prides itself on the idea of ensuring that students are provided with a range of different opportunities to hear about art foundation, overseas universities, degree apprenticeships going out to work, leavers programs which may be available to them and also gap years and, and looking at uh, potential gap year providers. Uh, so you know, making sure that students have a wealth of information in the first place and then helping them make that decision by having those one-to-one discussions ensuring that you know we have providers coming into school universities and other institutions just to make sure that they have that additional information we have alumni events where they can speak to you know former channing students about the you know the process they went through so they can see that they're, they're not alone that the mm. students are not alone as 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 they work through this
0: as well as the alumni coming in do you have talks from people in different professions at all we tend to try to ensure that
1: of course we have admissions tutors who come in but actually we we tend to try to find professionals who may have just come out of their, their degree or haven't been in their profession for very long that come to us and and will we'll say how it is to these students so they have a better understanding of what's to be expected. But we do have uh, our higher education days being brought to the future, where we have about 25 or so institutions and universities come in to speak to the students, and then we have specialist talks. And, and that's a great opportunity for students to talk to admissions tutors, but also those who are involved in the industry, uh, whether that's medicine, whether it's something like liberal arts and sciences, uh, which hasn't been around for very long compared to uh, other degrees you know it, or Oxbridge it just it just provides that chance for students to hear from those who the experts who are in the field at the moment
0: we just touched on Oxbridge do you have a specific program which focuses on the Oxbridge entrance Yeah,
1: we do. We We have an Oxbridge coordinator in place, which is incredibly helpful for the students. But I think it's really important to acknowledge that anyone who's considering Oxbridge really should be thinking and should be doing without anyone tapping them on the shoulder to say, you should be going to lectures, you should be reading, you should be listening to podcasts. It should be the case that students are already doing that before the actual formal Oxbridge application process begins, because students should really be enjoying their subject but actually feeling challenged by it because it's a highly selective process, the Oxbridge process. So I think bearing in mind how much preparation goes into that, but it's not about sitting there and training yourself. It's about the love of the subject, which I think is absolutely key. And then, yes, of course, you know, Oxbridge have a collegiate system so students are expected to think about three colleges and we're very happy to help them with that process and that they can discuss that with the Oxbridge coordinator and of course their personal state- statement that dreaded mm-hmm. that dreaded thing Needs to be done well in advance because it's really important that students are aware that the UCAS deadline for Oxbridge applications is the 15th of October, which is quite early on in the term when they start their year 13 year. So there's a lot going on for them. So preparation is really important. Students are, however, assigned a subject mentor and there's individual and group meetings that occur regularly. And hopefully that gives them a chance to prepare for any potential assessment and, of course, interviews. And the key is here really for students to engage with the interview. So we ensure that they have at least two interview practice sessions prior to the actual interview. And we have the academic symposium, which I think is a great opportunity for our students to show leadership where they are. Um, we have external students, both from state and independent schools, come into Channing and they engage in a debate uh, and task set by our heads of departments but facilitated by uh, the channing students so this is a great chance to really talk about their subject and query and question and engage with students from other schools so the academic symposium is a is a great step forward for those students who are considering an Oxbridge um, application. And of course, hopefully getting them in a a position for the interview.
0: Mm, Making me tired. Just think about all that. (laughs) Yes. Now, there are some people who just don't want to go into higher education. They're not into Oxbridge. How do you balance that? How do you give them the same level of sort of care and, and nurturing?
1: Again, I think I'll go back to that personalised view and the way in which we guide students. So in recent years, we'll have students who have absolutely opted to not go the university route. So we had a student who was very interested in dance. And so we ensured that we went through our alumni network as well as institutions that are involved in dance, so she could liaise with them and and be you know encouraged by them and it's for us it's a learning curve as well so it's it just meant that we had to understand that process and go along with the student to make sure that the personal statement, which was very particular at that point for dance, or that she had auditions to attend and to work out the schedule for her. So it's certainly the case of... Saying to students, it's it's okay that perhaps university is not what you're looking at, or UK university is not the area that you're focused on, and so to say, well, is there a particular interest? Can we can we help you find your way? So it might be that the student says, oh, we're interested in stage and stage production, which we again we had a student who was interested in that, so we ensured that one of the leading institutions who provi- you know, provides you know, expertise in that area came into school. We also ensured that we put that student into contact with relevant work experience places so she had a better understanding of, of what was expected. And some students may decide that actually they want to take a gap year. And I'd have to say that I'm a firm believer in gap years. I, I always think that, you know, I still have quite a lengthy period of time to work and i'm afraid to say that an 18 year old will have a much longer period of time of working i think that there are probably several decades that uh, is going to be attached to work and so taking a gap year and and doing something else whether that's actually exploring an area of interest or, or traveling or volunteering i i think uh, you know we hugely promote that and also get the students in contact with a you know, gap Providers that may prove to be the right alternative for them. Mm. And then, if they make a decision that they do want to apply to university, we're here to help them even after they've left school. So, it's just about opening doors and making sure that students realize that just because it might be the case, and yes, the vast majority of Channing students go off to university, it is the case that, you know it's okay just because you happen to take an alternative route. We feel that we are here to help and support and encourage and we we want them to be equally successful.
0: Mm. We've mentioned UCAS. We've mentioned UCAS yeah. applications. Oh, tell us more about the UCAS applications.
1: Oh, the dreaded UCAS application process. I have to say, I'm quite delighted that this year is now finished, and uh, uh, we're ready for the next cycle, which uh, will start in June, where students in Year 12 will actually start filling in the UCAS form, and I think. It, everyone starts that process, whether you're thinking about a gap year or doing something else. We like to make sure that you're in the system. And if you make a decision that you don't want to actually apply, we delete you from the system. But it's important to know that there's the form itself, but in particular, what causes quite a lot of anxiety for students is the personal statement. And, you know, the, there's particular... Lines, 47 lines, 4,000 characters, where the student has to try to fit in to the character count and lines. Personal but academic personal statement, where really it's a chance for the student to indicate their interest, of their skills on an academic level, but also their curricular involvement and their interests outside of school. And that's pretty hard to do. And there's a a process that one goes through uh, to do that. So the draft is completed before the summer holidays and then students will return in the year 13 year. And there's an opportunity for them to speak to their tutors, to the six form team, and finally me, to help them refine that personal statement. And then it's a matter of also deciding about the universities that they'd like to place onto the form. So each student has the opportunity to to choose five universities. Eventually they will be asked to firm and insure their top university and then of course their insurance uni. And Again, that process can take a little time because, you know, students want to find out as much as possible about that. And, and that can take an extensive period of, of time. And for parents, I guess, perhaps traveling to some of these universities. And I always say to students, you know, look at the course, see if you enjoy it. But it's a great debate over co- course versus institution. Yeah. Uh, location is important. City versus campus. Institution, traditional. Red brick. There's lots to think about. I had a student who chose a university on the basis of ice skating rinks. She was an ice skater and actually a professional ice skater. And she, she thought it was quite important to think about you know, the location of her university and the accessibility to ice skating, which sounds a bit strange, but yes, it's important to think about that if that features in, in your life. I do think looking at careers and health services within the university plays an important role in a student's life. So it may not be something that comes to mind straight away, but students should think about that when thinking about university choice
0: it is that balance isn't it between well it's a compromise more than a balance isn't it between course and university accessibility how far from home it's an enormous decision isn't it do you, I mean do you enjoy helping with that that whole decision it is so important isn't it
1: yeah I I really do enjoy it I think you know, understanding that. Uh, so I, I teach history and saying to a student, well, you know, this particular course, it's great. There's opportunities to study quite a number of subjects that were not covered at school. Yes, the assessment process is the fact that there is a, um, you know, a coursework element uh, that you may enjoy or there's an end of year exam. All sounds a bit strange, but some students like to know how things are assessed. But yes, and also location. Yes, I mean, Manchester. Uh, well, when I went to visit Manchester, University, it was a beautiful day and they were trying to convince me that it was always (laughs) like that. And, you know, I think you could tell by my accent as an Australian, even I knew that Manchester (laughs) Is not always a bright and sunny and warm, but having said that it 's fantastic facilities uh, it 's a great city, but some students might want to go to, for example, to Birmingham, which is um, a lovely red brick and you know slightly slightly different and so I do enjoy taking the journey with the students and and talking them through their their options and you know trying to narrow it down to to five, which you know there's so many fantastic institutions out there to try to work out which one would best best fit not necessarily right but you know it could be a best fit mm a good fit.
0: Yeah, and we talked about foreign universities. Do you tend to have any students apply to foreign universities?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So every year, there are at least two or three students who want to apply to or do apply to uh, the US. And again, that's a completely different process that the student has to go through and we're very much on hand to help a student there. There is a common application process, but some of the colleges in the US actually have their own individual application uh, process. So it's not like UCAS, where in fact you have to apply to individual institutions, but Channing's on hand to help with the recommendation, the council recommendation, the two teacher referees, which again is different to the UCAS process the student has to write essays or probably more than one essay. And also, it is the case that unlike UCAS, where you are limited to five for the USA, uh, you can apply to as many as you like. Although, having said that, it probably around nine is enough to cope with because of the number of essays that one has to do, Mm -hmm. but also whether those places are test optional. So thinking about the SAT or the ACT for students to apply to the US. It's a case that students will normally do a UCAS application as well as a US application. So last year, two of the students who went off to Chicago as well as uh, UCLA actually put in the applications to UCLA UCAS as well, but then made decision to follow the U.S. path. So it's certainly the case that we're on hand to help them through that, and it's ongoing. It's Once you put the application in, for UCAS it's pretty much done and dusted, but for the USA there are interim reports, there are transcripts. It's, it, it is ongoing throughout the course of um, the year. They're very exciting and, you know, many more places to choose from when it comes to the USA. But we also have applications to Trinity Dublin and, you know, on the rare occasion off to Australia. And so it's certainly the case, and as well as Europe, that, uh, yes, it's not just thinking about universities here in the UK, but actually further afield.
0: Do you ever have a student who just doesn't know what they want to do and they're sort of stuck in a like a rabbit in the headlights thinking, I have no idea...
1: Yes, yes. And in fact, a as, as student come, comes to mind last year. And actually, I have to say, when you think that everyone knows exactly what they're doing, and you think that you're the only person who has no idea, that can be quite scary. And I think it's about saying to a student, Why do you have to make a decision right now? Uh, If you really don't know, what should you focus on? And I would say just making sure that they do the best that they can in their A-levels and taking a break from it and taking a gap year, doing something else. And in, in the gap year, perhaps that will give them a chance to really think about what they would like to do because it's the added pressure and the time that they feel that... I have to make a decision now. And if we go back to your first question about, oh, I've got to make the right decision. If you take that pressure off students, it's a relief. And then to know that actually it's it's really okay to take some time out and make a decision about what you want to do. And so, yes, you know, every year there'll be a couple of students, actually not just one, who'll say, well, I really don't know. And I'll say, okay, maybe we can just focus on the fact that you do well in your A-levels. That will open doors, you know, and then during the gap year perhaps do something else and that will help, you know, help you with deciding about, about the direction that you want to take. And, you know, it is the case that I I, I did have, have a student who, who thought She was going to go languages and then actually spent the year helping direct at a local theatre and completely changed her mind and decided that, in fact, that was the route she wanted to take. And we were really excited for her, and that's what we helped. We helped her with that application. So taking time out is important, but speaking to perhaps other students who've done that is Gives a student confidence to know, actually, I don't have to really make the decision at 18. And sometimes when students make the decision at 18, they, they come back to us and say, oh, actually, it's, it's not what I anticipated. And I say, right, OK, no problem. Let's start again and let's uh, reapply. And I think that that's okay as well. You know, a really good example f- uh, for me as a student who thought that she was set on medicine and actually did get a place for medicine and came back halfway through the first year and, and said it really wasn't for them and made a decision that she wanted to study Oriental studies at SOAS. So that's what we did. We helped her with, you know, another application. So I I think it's important to know that it doesn't define the rest of your life.
0: It's been wonderful to talk to you today. So lovely that you you carry on. And and if the girls don't make the perfect choice or the right one, you help them too. It's been wonderful. I wish you'd been there when I was making my decisions. (laughs) Thank you for that. No problem. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you. That's it for this episode. If you've heard anything on this podcast and would like to get in touch with the school, then just visit channing.co.uk. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to connecting with you next time. Bye for now.